This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia. For more information on the shows and the network, visit podcastnetwork.asia and Podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up for free at podmetrics.co and use my referral code RJ Ledesma. We, we, we list and we curate uh, and we provide and fulfill for uh, to, to our customers. No? Um, so, if anything, we want to be known for that. No? We want to be known for uh, the, the premiumness of our, our offerings and uh, service quality. Welcome to the RJ Ledesma Podcast. We'd like to welcome all our friends watching us from near and far. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is RJ Ledesma, and this is my self-named podcast. In the RJ Ledesma Podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs and learn more about how they think about business, what are their success secrets, how they innovated their businesses during the pandemic, and what opportunities they see emerging during this, our new normal. Now, dear friends, one of the country's leading real estate magnets has thrown his hat into the startup ring. From selling condominiums to selling groceries, real estate magnet Kevin Tan of Megaworld recently turned his attention to the tech startup industry as he teamed up with startup veteran and former managing director of Honest Bee Philippines, Cristal Lee Gonzalez, to launch Picaroo. That's right, guys. They bought Picaroo. The first all-in-one and on-demand lifestyle delivery app here in the Philippines. Now, as you join us in this conversation tonight, let's find out what inspired Kevin to get into the tech industry, especially in the midst of this pandemic, how he brings his wealth of experience as Chief Strategy Officer of Megaworld to build the Picaroo brand, and how he plans to grow the Picaroo brand the same way that he has grown his businesses under the Alliance Global Inc. portfolio. And what truly intrigues me tonight is not what Picaro is all about, but more importantly, what intrigues me is what, what is making Kevin Tan of Megaworld do Picaro. That, for me, is what is truly intriguing in this equation. So, again, please allow me to introduce my two very special guests here tonight. Again, uh, Mr. Kevin Tan of uh, Megaworld of Alliance Global and the founder of Picaro. Kevin, thanks so much for accepting my invitation. Hi, RJ, and uh, hello to your viewers. Good evening. Thanks so much for joining us here tonight. Kevin, before I introduce our next guest, your co-founder here in Picaroo, what would, you, what, would you, what would you just like to be a takeaway for the people listening to you here tonight? What would you like them to remember about Picaroo? Well, you know, like you said, it's, uh, you've described it. It's an all-in-one um, uh, on-demand app, uh, lifestyle app. Of course, we want to be known for our service. Uh, and of course, the quality of the products as well that we we we, we list and we curate uh, and we provide and fulfill for uh, to to our customers. No, um, so if anything, we want to be known for that. No, we want to be known for our, the the premiumness of our our offerings and uh, service quality. Thanks so much, Kevin Tan, and thanks for taking time out to join us here tonight. Now, I'd also like to welcome a good friend. We've seen each other across several variations of our work in the tech field. I have Crystal Lee Gonzalez, uh, the founder, co-founder of, uh, of Picaroo and also the CEO of Agile Ventures. And you'll tell us a bit more about Agile uh, later on. Crystal, how are you doing? Yeah. Really good. Um, we're actually super busy, having fun, making the most, actually, of our quarantine time. 
So yeah, lots of super fun, interesting things have happened. And yeah, we've launched Pickaroo um, a couple of weeks ago. And we've also spent, I think, majority of our time in the quarantine while we were preparing for the launch of Pickaroo. Um, yeah, so super exciting times for us. I'm so glad to see you in the current iteration of Cristal Lee Gonzalez here in Pickaroo. Mm-hmm. And I'm also equally excited to see where you guys will be bringing Pickaroo as well. So to all our friends over there, if you've got questions for Kevin or Crystal about Pickaroo, please feel free uh, to put that in the comment box. Now, let me start off with asking Kevin some questions because tonight I'm not asking him to be here in his hat as, as, the, as the Chief Strategy Officer of, of Mega World, nor as the CEO of Alliance Global. But you know what, Kevin? You must have an extremely busy day handling all this one. And on top of that one, you've got a pandemic to worry about here at the same time. I'm just curious to find out what is a typical day right now for Kevin Tan, uh, especially during this this pandemic time? Well, you know, it's basically a lot of, uh, a lot of, it's still a lot of work. But uh, I guess now what has changed is that the work is being done at home, no? Actually. So a lot of video calls, uh, one after the other. Um, I guess what we realized is that, you know, because we're, we're staying home, we don't really commute anymore. We don't have to travel from meetings to meetings or wait for people to come to the office. We're actually able to actually meet with more people or have more discussions in a day than we were able to before. So, um, so yeah, so the work still continues, but I guess the environment is just, is the biggest change of it all now. And how are you able to manage across the, the three businesses? How do you how do you manage it at least in the mind to keep yourself sane that you that you're, you're I mean you're looking at different portfolios and and, and you're managing different levels of uh, of uh, adversity <laughs> during this time? Well, first off, you know all of our businesses. You know we have we're actually in you know five sectors as you know real estate. Um, we're in tourism. Uh, gaming, uh, we're into the food business and we're also, also in the alcohol business and infrastructure. All of our business are managed by an, a, a, a professional and a very, you know, excellent, uh, management and executive team. No? Um, I think so that's one of the advantage we've been able to build up a very good, uh, team, uh, to manage each of our, uh, and, and these teams are all managed by respective business unit heads, uh, and CEOs as well. Um, so, you know, we are in good hands. Um, and to be honest, I think everyone has come together during this, um, this really trying time, you know, and really put their best foot forward and, uh, sort of, um, try to make do with the situation. And actually in certain areas, we've actually been a little bit more surprised with the results, no, uh, expecting a little bit, uh, expecting results to be wor- far worse than what it actually is. No, don't get me wrong. It's, it's still generally, uh, down, but, uh, I think we've been uh, we've been surprised here and there by some of the, the outcomes. Uh, that that's a bit interesting. Let, let me go into that a bit, Kevin. No? Uh, there's a bit of a silver lining that you've seen, or or or, or situations in some of your companies uh, that you're a bit surprised. Share share with us a bit more about what what you're seeing as a bit of the silver lining or the things that you didn't expect to be going better than expected. Sure. One of the things that we which has now become one of our strategies moving forward is one of the things that we have seen is that. Our earning diversity uh, has actually turned out to be the right strategy for us. No? For example, uh, for our real estate business, um, about 10 years ago, we had decided that we wanted to not just focus on Metro Manila for our developments, but to start going outside 
Metro Manila. Um, and so from four townships just around uh, Metro Manila, the NCR area, we've expanded to 26 townships all wow. over the country. Half of that is actually outside Metro Manila in the, all the various um, cities, no? uh, you name it, Cebu, Davao, of course, uh, Iloilo, Bacolod, um, and even all the tourism-centric areas. So we're there. Um, and I think that has proven to be quite an advantage in this particular time of COVID. Obviously, now a lot of the demand is now shifted outside Metro Manila. Metro Manila obviously is kind of now in a sort of has this um, concern of being in a sort of like the hot spot right now for COVID uh-huh. and really the, the center of the lockdowns. Um, and so, you know, people have now started to look outside Metro Manila. The demand has shifted outside. So that's one of the things that we, we have been uh, fortunate that we were able to do 10 years ago and it's now bearing fruit today. Uh, another um, example of that was that our shift from being purely a residential Developer, as you well know, you're also quite well-versed with the real estate industry. We were once upon a time purely a residential developer. Then we started going into recurring income. We started going to offices. We started going to malls, lifestyle malls. And then we started to revolutionize this township concept. No? Um, again, that has proven to be, uh, you know, um, the right strategy because now it's really, you know, that's the businesses that are really uh, delivering for us right now is our office rentals. And a little bit of our residential sales as well, no? Whereas our lifestyle malls and you know our hotels obviously are pretty much, um, you know, pretty much severely affected by this pandemic, no? So those are some examples on the real estate side. On the liquor side, that's what I, <laughs> liquor um, side. That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah um, you know, five uh, two thousand and fourteen. So that's about six years ago. Now uh, we we had a global expansion strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to take first. Our, our 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 thinking was to take Emperador to a global market. Of course, we are always a, a a promoter of Filipino talents and Filipino products. But at the same time, we also wanted to make Emperador a global brand and a global um, investor. So we started our global expansion. You know, as you well know, we 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 invested in the UK. We purchased. Uh, we acquired rather uh, White and Mackay. Uh, back in 2014, and uh, the year after that, uh, we had also acquired uh, uh, Bodegas Fundador in Spain, uh, and that basically jump-started our, our entire global expansion. And a year after that, we went into Mexico, we, we, we acquired the Pedro Domecq brands, um, and so now we are pretty much you know, you know, present in, in, in about 100 countries. Uh, wow. worldwide, and um, and you know we we continue to sell and we continue to sell our whiskey products all over the world, as well as our brandy products and Emperador as well. And during this time of pandemic, um, we've seen that while the Philippines, the domestic market, had has been very challenging because of the fact that there has been a serious lockdown and maybe also there's also been some liquor bans imposed in certain LGUs. We've seen that the growth has now come to us through our through our, uh, through our foreign uh, portfolio, no? especially our whiskey products. You know, they're selling quite well in places like China, for example, where wow. the, the, the recovery has is well underway. And uh, we've seen also um, a, an uptick in the consumption of 
our whiskey products in the UK as well, and as a recovery also in Spain. No? So while there's a little bit more advanced in terms of the recovery, we're starting to see the benefits of that. So that was, again, a result of our, our diversification, rather, of, of, of our business diversification and, and going global. So now as domestic products, um, you know, as the domestic uh, situation continues to be, you know, rather challenging, we have that to depend on. So, you know, these are some of the examples of, of earning diversity. So looking, moving forward, obviously, there's something we're, 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 we're continuing to study. How else can we, can we diversify the businesses that we're doing right now? Um, and then another thing that we have, we've also um, been doing, uh, even as far back as three years ago, is this digital transformation. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. You know, originally digital transformation for us, I always joke, no, it's, um, it's like your high school crush, no? Um, digital idea of transformation, it's, you kind of flirt with it, maybe you date it, <laughs> you kind of fling with it. But today, you have to live with it. You have to marry it already, no? But back in the time, back in the day, um, we looked at it as a way to make all our companies more efficient. So we started that with the iTownship project, which is we wanted to make all our 26 townships sort of the, the townships of the future. So we fitted them with fiber optics. Uh, we, we, we also wanted to, we, want, we were also building smart homes. Uh, we were we were already trying to put in sort of a lot of the inter, internet of things technology in our in our um, in our condominiums, in our offices, uh, we wanted to improve our surveillance systems, our security systems as well. So we wanted to build the, the, the cities of the future, and with that came a lot of trans- a lot of innovation as well. No, we 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 developed um, a, a an online community, for example, for our for our our, our townships, for our condominiums, for our offices. So we wanted to kind of do a lot of this um, online digital transactions. No, you can pay your dues. Um, you know, you can file your concerns, uh, seek services, for example, all online. No? We also created a, a chatbot, for example, so you can ask your, 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 you know, for concerns for other, for other, for other means, uh, you know, for whatever you, your, your, whatever needs that you may have in the community. Uh, aside from that, internally, we wanted to fix our processes. So we migrated the cloud three, two years ago. Um, and we try to digitalize a lot of our business processes, uh, especially on the real estate side. Mm-hmm. Our thinking then was, well, because we were also thinking ahead that we want to go be sustainable. We wanted to go paperless. And so, um, so we wanted to sort of digitalize a lot of our processes. No, that was two years ago. And we were going through this transformation up until last year, until this year. And then this thing happens. Um, and, and all of a sudden, the, the, the bets that we have made back then uh, all of a sudden has become so relevant to what it is today, you know, what the situation today. And it proved to be probably the right, uh, the right strategy after all. Of course, we had no, we never expected COVID to happen like this. No, no one expects it and no one ever wishes this happens. Yes, but of course, it, of course. Oh. It's a very you know, tragic time. I think it's a very um, critical time for everyone. And, but uh, it happened to, you know, I guess we were a little bit more, you know, blessed that we had this this idea before, and now it has become a reality. No? Um, and so those are some of the transformations that we are doing, and so that's why we we're constantly uh, evolving as a company. No, and then of course on the tech space, and you may be wondering if I may just, you know, the tech the tech startup thing is not a new thing as well for us. We've been doing this again for two years now. Um, we've had a few investments. We haven't really 
majorly discussed. No? Uh, for example, we partnered with um, and invested in a company called Boozy.ph before. It was three, two years ago. And the, the, simple, the simple strategy then was we just thought that we wanted to make, you know, we wanted to, to, to help bring alcoholic you know, products to people's homes. And, you know, we were feeling that there was no, you know, obviously there, 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 we were seeing a lot of, a big shift to home consumptions. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to make, we wanted to make products, not just our products, but any products for that matter. I mean, we, we, we sell about 2,000 SKUs in that website. Uh, and by far we're number one right now. But, you know, we wanted to make all sorts of products available in, for people, it, you know, we just one click. No, so we've invested in that company, and it's uh, it's it's grown quite well. No, and then of course last year we've also invested in a company called GoodWorks, and that's a, basically a home improvement um an app, mm-hmm. improvement app. Again, it's number one in the country. Uh, so you're talking about you know if you wanna you know if you wanna uh, it's like an Uber for your electrician, your tobero, you name it. No, your your home cleaner, and now we even have beauty services. Wow. <laughs> so may, yeah. may, may plumber ka na, may beauty shirt, may beauty shirt ka na. Everything, yeah. It's a whole, you know, it's a whole, it's a service app. You, you, and basically, you aggregate all these different um, service providers, you rate, rate them, and then, you, you know, you, you have them come to your home, no? Um, again, we, why did we do that? Because we felt that that was what our residents needed, no? That's what our our community needed. So we're always... You know, focusing on things that obviously our existing businesses will benefit from or can benefit from. No? Um, so we're not used to that space. We've been doing that for two years. And then this one with Picaru, it's it's exciting for me. And I, I like to come out and talk about it because it's something that we kind of started from scratch. Unlike the other investments, it was sort of just came in uh, after they, you know, as, as the product was already rolled out and, you know, had to be operating for maybe a year or two. This is something that's, this is something we basically started from scratch, no? And uh, and uh, and this was something that we 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 were we've already been looking at even as early as two years again two years ago. But we've only started this project. I started we started this project. Me and Crystal started this project about, about late last year, no? Um, and the, the the strategy here was that we were thinking at the time, um, you know, two years ago I was because we you know as you know we I we we managed. We have the mall business, and that's the business I've been managing for the last, I don't know, 18 years already or, mm-hmm, or what. Mm-hmm. So, and two or three years ago, we have seen, we have been seeing some shift already in behavior. Um, people, uh, for example, if there were 10 people that walked into the mall, eight would buy something, and maybe two would browse and buy it online. It wasn't a huge, it wasn't huge, but it was a, it was a growing kind of trend. And so we felt we wanted to do something that was kind of omni-channel uh, retail. No? So, and that's how, uh, and then we, you know, so we decided, so, and at that time, I think I saw Honestly, and I was a big fan of that uh, that app, and we saw how nice it was, and, um, and it's how it in, in empowered really um, the retailers, no? Um, so we, we were looking at it, something like that, no? Um, and then, of course, whatever happened with Honest Bee, and uh, you know, we we tried to conceptualize it ourselves, but then you know, I know Crystal for a long time. We reconnected late last year, and, and uh, you know, basically the rest is history. So <laughs> we came up with that idea, but the idea was to start something from scratch, and I think that also excited her because it's something that we she's never done before. But she's also is that we had a meeting yeah. of the mind, and we obviously had the same idea and the same vision, and uh, so here, here we are. 
if you're a startup person, that's what actually excites you. This is the part that excites you the most when you when you're when you're conceptualizing it. And I'm, I'm going to talk to Crystal uh, already, but before that one, uh, just a little interesting fact about the the, the liquor business. Uh, if people look at Kevin and his dad Andrew, you no, know, they think it's real estate first, you no, know, but they actually were in the the liquor business for the longest time. Um, yeah. It was the bar, right? The bar. Yeah. No, we celebrated our 40th year uh, last year. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much how. Yeah. So you can get my age, no? So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, no. The first, uh, my pot, uh, our first product was Andy Player. Andy Player. Andy Player, yeah. So, yeah, and then you know we ran into quite a number of different products. Now, but we've always been a whiskey and brandy company, and then, uh, and then now, yeah, then we did the we did brandy, and I think brandy has become really the defining, um, the pivotal sort of product for us. Uh, and, this, and what I find interesting, Kevin, is that your dad was one of the people who actually mixed one of the drinks, right? One of the one of the Shayung Anad, right? He was the guy who created the the formulation, right? Yeah, for the, all the most of the local, um, uh, for the domestic products, especially the brandy products that are that are that are Filipino made, that's mostly done by uh, by my father, and then I think now it's also passed down that reign to my my brother. So the both of them are sort of like the the mad scientist behind all these, uh, these wonderful products, no? Yeah. Um, of course, but that's really for the emperor products. For the other foreign products that we have, obviously a different set of um, people doing that. That, that. Those are heritage products. But when I refer to the really the emperor products, that's really yeah. That, that's that's their that's their thing now. It's. Uh, yeah. I just find it truly amazing. Your dad's an expert on real estate and at making drinks at the same time. So, uh, kudos to your dad, uh, Andrew Tan. Now. Moving on to Crystal, Crystal, I, I want to talk a bit more about your background because, uh, I mean, uh, for me, seeing you work with Kevin, that's a big thing. But of course, we see your background. You moved up from from Viber. You moved up to Honest B, and and finally, you're here uh, managing this one. Tell us a bit more about the the secret origin of Crystal. How, how you how you moved yourself up? Because I know that you came from a traditional telco job, but that didn't that, that wasn't something that you found interesting, and you jumped into. Yahoo, which you know at the time people are thinking, why Yahoo? Why not get a traditional job? You were secure. What is it about? What is it about the startup industry that really intrigues you and makes you want to stay there? Yeah. So um, back in my, back in the day, like when I graduated around 2005, I think um, actually no, 20, 2006. Um, after I took my master's, so I actually OJT for EPLDP. That's how I got into the telco. Um, industry. So it was required as part of the master's program in, in my school that time. That's how I got into telco. And I stayed there because that time, around 2005, digital was like, was, was mobile. So that was like our form of digital already that time. It was the coolest thing to be SMSing each other. Um, and I found it fun that time. Like it really felt very much groundbreaking. Um, so I stayed there for, I think, at least three years and I was under the mobile it's called mobile advertising. So back in the day when there was no Facebook, people advertised through SMS, sending SMS to millions of people. So that was my specific department, which was a super new concept that time that brands would be paying for, you know, SMS to advertise on a personal, more personal level. So that was fun. And then after my time there, um, eventually I, I went into luxury makeup called Estee Lauder because I was in my twenties and, <laughs> and obviously like you would think that's like the most amazing thing, right? To be 
working for a makeup company, at least the the most popular one, Estee Lauder is like the the most um, prestigious, luxurious brand that even our grandmothers and mothers would know about. That's so right. I did that, and then the recession happened, and I normally really have this gut feel, but more than gut feel, but even like I observe the economies a lot or the market a lot. I could already tell that digital was really starting to be big. And I was a huge, huge fan of Yahoo. Um, it was my homepage. I was on it pretty much 24-7. Even when I was in Smart, that would be the first thing I'd do. I'd check the news and all of this. I was a big fan of Yahoo, even you know back in the day when I was starting my career in Smart. And then I kept applying to them, actually. like Every time my family and I would go to the U.S., I would be in San Francisco and I'd apply online and Yahoo. And then I think two years after clicking so many online jobs, I eventually got a call from them. Um, and that's how it started. And being a fan and being an avid user, it was just, you know, a dream come true. And that's how my love for digital and technology started being in, in Yahoo. And Yahoo was, when, when, when I was there, Yahoo was the most popular that time it was even more popular than Google back in I think 2010. Um, we were Yahoo was the homepage of everybody mm-hmm. for a year. We were the top news, and then everybody said YM or Messenger, like YM me, <laughs> like a viber that time, the by the YM. So I just found it like very fulfilling. I something I enjoyed and noticed about like tech. Um, you know, it was very. Um, it felt like everybody had equal opportunity. And that time, you know, I was still super young. I was, I think, like 25. Um, compared to like traditional companies and corporations, like even Estee Lauder was still, a, you know, it's not a startup. It was an established American corporation that existed that time for over 20 years. Um, like, I think I was even the youngest um, that time. Like, it wasn't very common to have like young people, especially to be in management, right? Um, but what I noticed in tech and startup, there was equal opportunity for all. Like you got promoted just, you know, for doing a great job or for, for producing great output. That's something I really noticed, um, that there was no bureaucracy as well, um, which I really like. Um, so the culture and the pressure, um, and how fast paced it was, I really enjoyed that. Um, I think even in Telco, that's something I enjoyed because, you know, the whole telco wars and everybody was competitive. I super enjoyed that even being there, which was like one of the things that, you know, that's a big part of the culture of startup. You're just really, you know, always competitive. You always have to keep evolving and improving. So that's how I started. And then eventually I moved to Lazada um, after Yahoo. And that was still in 2012 when literally no one knew what Lazada was. And we were, so I was in charge of branding and launching it. And I remember we launched it as the largest online shopping mall, which is interestingly enough, it did become um, one like that. So I really enjoyed it, like especially my experience with Lazada, where you know it was literally different cultures. Everybody was like, it was very flat matrix. That's a style, common style in startup. Like everybody just had a role. Everybody got their hands dirty. The CEOs, or that time we called them co-founders, also, you know, like were fi- helping fix office, the office, and you know, like it was by that time, like I think we had so many orders and we didn't have enough people to pick it up. Even some of the management team picked up the item and delivered themselves. Like, so that's something I like about startup. That's very different kind of culture, being fast-paced. I also, I feel like I also um, love like disrupting 
and industry or the market, which was something Yahoo did. It's something that I knew Lazada was going to do even before it, it was popular. And of course, when Viber happened as well, um, that time, obviously, Viber, nobody really knew what Viber was, especially here um, because it's an Israeli company. And at most, it's maybe some OFWs used it. Um, but I knew the moment, like I, it was explained to me what the app was going to do. I knew it was going to disrupt the market and people were just going to use it on an, a daily level. So that's something I like, I think, with all the startups I've joined. I like the culture. I believe in the product. Um, it had to be something that would really make me jolt and wake up in the morning and look forward to my day. And I knew that if I, if I believed in the product and I knew it was going to disrupt the market and change people's lives, even on an everyday level. It was really something I look forward to to doing. And consistently with Viber, Lazada, honestly, also that time, like having your groceries done by somebody else was like literally unheard of. In fact, when when we even did our first market study, the first report I got was all the customers in that FGV said they probably will, they're more more likely not to use it because they want to choose their own groceries and they want mm-hmm. especially fresh items. They want to choose their own meat, make sure it's fresh and all of that. So all the more I was challenged to make it very popular and make it like a new normal, which eventually happened. And now everybody got used to that kind of, you know, like quality service as well. So although, and then all of those things, um, I think combined, like after telling my story, I realized like all the learnings I've gotten from all those various companies, from Telco to honestly, like we're able to use even in Picaru today. So, you know, all the combinations of learnings um, I got from all those companies. Those are, I think, every single learning I've learned from each company I'm able to use um, for this new startup that, that we, we did. Yeah. And if I look at the new startup, Picaru, uh, it looks like that there were some, of course, lessons that you also learned uh, yes. From Honest B. And of course, Kevin takes a lot of background that he got from working the lifestyle malls and also from working with Boozy, because I can see some of that coming into when you put together Picaroo. But a bit of the white elephant in the room is really Honest B, uh, because many people, you know, even myself, I, even I'm sure Kevin, we all look to Honest B as, as a, something that really helped change our lives, that disrupted the way that we would shop groceries, uh, but it, it closed down. Um, and Eventually, there were a lot of hard-earned lessons for you there, which you were able to use for putting up Picaroo. Uh, maybe, maybe you could clear, clear, help us understand what, what happened to Honest Bee and how it actually led you to creating a better product with Picaroo. Yeah, so, well, yeah, Honest Bee, you know, as popular as it became, unfortunately, um, I think we were the only country that really did the did the, a lot of the volume and the the sales. So honestly, as um, you all know, was very popular in the Philippines, but um, it unfortunately didn't do as well in the eight cities in Asia where it was operating in. And um, 2019, last year, at some point, you know, the the HQ, the Singapore office, just eventually had financial problems, which was not disclosed, unfortunately, to to all the cities or all the managers, general managers like me. Um, but um, on our end, like me personally, like one of the main learnings is obviously like being able to really have a very reliable um, financial backbone 
I think is super important that I've seen um, from honestly, like the, the financial backbone and the finances being managed by the Singapore office. It's completely centralized there. Um, you know, I think it, being able to have like a very efficient finance management team um, is super important. So I think that's one learning that I've seen from honestly that obviously we want to correct and make sure is stable here. Importante ang mag-save, pero bakit marami ang walang ipon? The answer is because we don't spend enough time in learning practical financial strategies. This is Fitz Villafuerte, a registered financial planner, and I'm inviting you to listen to the 80% podcast, kung saan tuturuan ko kayo kung paano yumaman. So join me and let's talk about personal finance on the 80% podcast. Lagi ka bang nag-OT tapos OTY? Meron ka bang mga salbahing boss at pabidang mga office mates? Nako, isa kang immortal. I'm Stanley Chi from The Underpaid Podcast. We talk about work-related topics na parang nagchichismisan lang sa pantry. It's a pro-employee podcast na relatable sa lahat ng nag-opisina, pumapasok man, petics, o work from home. Listen and subscribe to The Underpaid Podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Kita kids, mga immortal. Hi, this is Roy Segalar from the Research Department at First Metro Securities and host of the Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast featuring timely and relevant discussions on the Philippine stock market and economy in the hope of providing investing and trading guidance to Filipinos. New episodes every Tuesday and as always, your future first. Um, being able to have, I think, a very reliable um, investor and partner. Obviously, like the fact that, um, you know, we went with a local player, a very established conglomerate, like, like the Mega World Group was because we already learned. I personally already learned from what happened with Honesty. So, um, honestly, in my whole career in Honesty, I never knew who the investors were or where they came from. I, I eventually learned about them after the, the problems already are like, you wow. know, like, and yeah, um, and yeah, what really happened there was it was the funds were mismanaged in the Singapore office level, um, and eventually the investors stopped sending money. So what happened with, with all the countries, not just the Philippines, it started I think with Taiwan. We saw it from the news. So some people from Taiwan that we knew sent us news here, and that's how we started to find out there were financial problems. And then the moment we started, you know, seeing those red flags, me, the only thing I control, I control is the, the Philippine market. So immediately the moment we learned there were some issues and the moment they started sending money late to the Philippines, that's when I had to make the business decision to close the operations here to prevent further damage or prevent further losses, um, at least on a country level. So that's why we had to suddenly close operations in Holy Week, I remember. It was Holy Week last year. Yes, I remember and, too. I remember very well, yeah. Yeah, and in the beginning, you know, we didn't announce it was full closure because I also didn't know what we, nobody knew actually because up to this day, they never really made an official statement about it. I think they finally made official statements after they've ousted the CEO. So it came out in all the publications. They did, you know, Tech in Asia and TechCrunch did like investigatory um, articles about it. Um, I think now there's also a criminal case filed with the, the management that was handling the funds in Singapore. So, but all of this came maybe late last year already. 
like even us as employees, we, we, we weren't privy to all these things that came out eventually from the investigations um, done, right? So, but on our end, the only thing we can control are our partners here, our operations here, and, you know, we've, we've already informed them on there were some problems, plus we halted the operations to prevent further losses or, you know, problems yeah. Yeah. having said that no i mean so kevin this let's let's look again at last year when this all happened of course this whole uh honest be thing kind of mm -hmm. blew up and if you weren't aware of the situation you'd be a bit worried right i mean but mm -hmm. you you continue to engage in conversation with with crystal because you believed in her idea walk me through the process you were were you looking for something that honest that something of what what, what honest be was doing or were you really looking for uh for a for uh, to, to develop something already in this range, and it just happened to be that Crystal was free. Tell me how this all came together. No, absolutely. We, we, honestly, it's always been the peg. To be honest, I mean, like you know, that's it's you know, um, my wife is a fan of that that app, um, and that's how I even saw it. And in fact, it was a light bulb moment for me when I saw that app, and I said, "That is exactly the kind of app that would what is the kind of app we need." At that time, of course, Honestbee's business is really grocery and. Uh, and then they started going into food. But I said that would be perfect if, to do an omni-channel because I like Honestbee's concept of, you know, of enabling physical stores, you know, uh, enabling, you know, stores that are in the malls, stores that are, that are, that are, you know, that are standalone, you know, real actual stores and picking up stuff from those stores and bringing it to people's homes. I thought that was a fantastic idea. And I was actually quite um, aware of how where Honestbee was. I'm actually I know the owners. I mean, I knew the founders as well, and I knew. I mean, I I was in touch with them, and to a certain extent, I I, I knew how they were performing, and I knew the Philippines was their number one country. It was very obvious. You know, you look at them in Singapore; they're not really that well known. You go to Indonesia, you go to all these other countries. It was really the Philippines. No, um, it was very very. Clear that that was it. In fact, I'm not mistaken. I think the Philippines was more than fifty, even sixty percent of their entire business. countries, right? So we were literally we were literally subsidizing the other countries. Yeah. Our performance was subsidizing yeah. the other countries. But the Philippines was sixty percent of the total um, in terms of sales and revenue. Wow! And Kevin, please, yeah, continue, please, yeah. Kevin. Yeah. You no, know, without me even, ha you know, I knew Crystal from a long time ago. If you recall, uh, she was in Viber. Viber did a lot of activities with wow. us in, in Eastwood, in Fort Bonifacio, in, you know, Fort Bonifacio, our township. So we did a lot of events. So there was a lot of uh, tie-ups with Viber when she was there. Um, so I knew from a long time ago. We didn't. We weren't in touch last year, uh, early last year. I was actually more in touch with her, with her, with her principals from Singapore. You know, we had some sort of when they come to Manila, we'd, we'd have discussions. But then when the whole thing blew up, you know, I said. Well, uh, that, that's unfortunate, no? Uh, of course, there was not a lot of, there was a lot of, you know, um, sort of rumors about this and that, no? So we didn't really know. But anyway, we weren't really involved in that, so we didn't, we didn't know. But the idea, I think, was great. So when, you know, we, we did a lot of research, uh, our teams did a lot of, our team did a lot of research, and then a lot of, later, latter part of last year, I think it was around September, I saw Crystal, I think, uptown, and I, I said, you know, let's have a, maybe we should have a meeting. And, and I knew that, you know, that, you know, she had grown this business here in the Philippines. Remember when they came in here, there was no Philippine business. And she basically started it from scratch as well and made it grow to what 60% of their entire business. So, so I said, you know, since you're now free, maybe we can have a chat, no? But 
And so, you know, I totally like the idea. I like honesty. I kind of like want to do that concept, but kind of want to do with more than that. I want to do, we want to do like retail and this and that. But Sabico, we have to start from scratch. Like we have to be, you know, we have to develop the, 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 the app and develop the brand. And I think that was, as I mentioned, that's what excited us both because, yeah. well, you know, it's, I don't think, uh, Krista, I don't know if he, she's never really started a brand as well. I mean, she's usually taken over yeah, a brand. can launch an existing app already or an existing brand. Right. Oh, Viber, Lazada, they, those all existed. So this one was super exciting because Kevin also wanted to do it like, you know, our way. Yeah. We, we, toyed around. we did a research also. I personally have been doing research also on, you know, is it more strategic to bring in an existing platform or a brand or whatever? But okay. basically, everything we wanted to do together and the plans, like we really researched even Chinese apps, the we even research. Yeah. No one really was doing what we wanted to do here. Eh? Yeah. So, and I think our... Our passion and excitement, and lakas ng loob, I guess, because yeah, yeah. both of us. I mean, I told Kevin, you know, I've I've never really made an app like I've launched one, like, but I've launched a number of um, apps, like Honestly Viber, but like, to build one is something completely different. But yon, I think, yeah, it's it's also the passion and excitement that just drove us because it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you to start it from nothing and starting a brand from nothing, you yeah. know. That's also a first time I think for for well, for me at least. Um, yeah. yeah. To be honest, before that, before the meeting, actually, I had you know we were shopping. We were personally shopping around looking. We for- were both shopping actually. <laughs> 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 shopping for people to water print. I was shopping <laughs> with other companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To invest, yeah. yeah. Same thing with us. Now we were looking for. At first, it wasn't really to build. At first, we wanted to invest, but then we couldn't find the right fit for what we wanted. Yeah, we kind of gave up on that, and then yeah, then and then I met I saw Crystal, and then I said, "Why don't we just build it from scratch? At least then we can really put in what we really want." Obviously, you know, honestly, it's a great app, but it's not exactly the perfect app as well. There's always things that you can improve. Obviously, she sees yeah. that firsthand being. In the, in the thick of it, no? And obviously as a customer as well. And then of course we also have to customize it based on our requirements. You know, what we were thinking back then was we just wanted to also just help retailers. No, at the time, as I mentioned, digital transformation, it's just a buzzword. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't yeah. a full time commitment. Remember last year, things were great. Retail was all time high. Business was great. You know, I mean, you know. Everyone, everything, everyone was pretty much growing. You no, know? all our businesses were growing, uh, tremendous scale. Real estate, as you know, was on a what, eleven-year bull run. We were already wondering when this is gonna stop. You no, know? and we were, you know, so you know things were great. And so introducing this digital transformation, actually, we, I had thought at that time, we were thinking, you know, it's gonna take a while to convince people, but it's the future. But let's prepare. So. The whole point was we wanted to really help, you know, we just wanted to kind of um, uh, sort of supplement or augment what was going on right now and kind of create a new leg to most retailers and most food outlets. No? So that was the simple uh, idea at the time. No? So we wanted to start definitely naturally our townships, our malls, that's the, that's the, that's the launch pad. No? So uh, we want to create that, that, that new digital capacity capability for our, um, our retail partners. No? Um, and then COVID came. So all of a sudden, everything sort of just 
the whole world just turns upside down. And the idea, again, that we were talking about and already at the time conceptualizing and creating, yeah. mind you, by the way, most of the work that was done was done during the COVID. The start of COVID. Like, what? Yeah, even the, high, the start when we... Because I think the only things we finished um, before that was the mission vision, the some of the branding, I think, yeah. uh, even the verticals and the the products. For yeah. sure, most knew we wanted to go beyond uh, food and grocery. That's yeah. for sure that we wanted. We were already planning since last year, but yeah. when COVID happened, timely enough. Also, I think we were scheduled to do the market study and the market. Yeah. Yeah. And COVID happened. So our market study became all of a sudden super yeah. appropriate and timely because people's yeah. needs and priorities suddenly change. Yeah. 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 We were giving ourselves till the end of the year to do this, but then the time table just changed. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. all the work has been done and even you know, when we built even the hiring, a lot of it yeah. um, we finished after COVID because yeah. we didn't hire too many people when we were strategizing and yeah. finalizing stuff. Like yeah. we had the basic ones, like yeah. you know, some some people in marketing, some people in strategy, because yeah. we had the brand and the unicorn already that time. But yeah, majority of it were literally the start of COVID. <laughs> the long, yeah. long yeah. yeah, I haven't shaken. The hands of our most of the people yeah. in our <laughs> we haven't met in person maybe eighty percent of our team. Yeah, yeah, literally yeah. only maybe for some yeah. people just you know able to physically shake their hands. But the, everyone else we hired and we put together the work that we've done is all through online, no? Um, wow. so you can just imagine how well remarkable it is also and how 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 fast things have shifted, no? To online, literally, no? Born literally. Yeah. Or the time of COVID, no. So, yeah. So then, yeah. That's 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 the, that was the story. So now the 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 purpose has changed. Obviously, um, it's a higher purpose now. Obviously, now we're thinking because it's a very it's still a very tough transition for a lot of the retailers and a lot yes, of yes. partners. And that's one of the things that we've identified as a problem. We've obviously seen that even though it's the reality, it's still hard. No, I mean, the physically they're not all going back to opening their stores. They don't have enough staff, inventory, etc. No? It's really a challenge also. So to, to have them migrate to, to this, to, to online, it, it takes a lot of work. You know, it takes a lot of hand-holding. And I think that's one of the advantages that I think Pikuru has is that we at least, as a mall developer, we also understand the physical, the offline world, no? Which, which I actually, Kevin, I just wanted to say that it's nice because you actually have the perspective because you can see it from both the retailer yeah. side and, and from yeah. the other side as well. So you've got a great, a better picture of how to make this app run from a B2B Precisely. and then to a B2C standpoint. Precisely. And so that's one of the things I've always um, told. It, it, it's a very um, disorienting time right now, obviously for the retail partners as well. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty anxiety as well. So it's not as easy. I mean, although it's 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 it, it, it it's a no-brainer to migrate, but it's not, you know, the transition is very, it's a lot more difficult. So we've made it our mission to make it very smooth, very easy for them to transition. And so we created a platform that's easy to use, that's easy to, you know, to navigate. Um, and we have a lot of people, both from our, you know, real estate side and, and also from from, from, of course, from the Picaroo side, and have you know that are you know that have 
that uh, as their priority, no? Uh, you know, obviously um, making sure that our, our retail partners and, uh, and, and, and merchants are all, um, you know, sort of, you know, well taken care of as they transition to this new sort of arena. And I'm actually very curious because you said that you, you, you actually looked around for apps which could do the same thing, right? or apps which had similar functionality as Picaroo, but you didn't find any. Can you just help me better understand? I hope you don't mind, but can you help me better understand? Okay, what if for, from, a, from a layman's perspective, what would differentiate Picaroo, let's say, from, from MSB? And what, what, yeah. what makes Picaroo different from everything else? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you can help us understand that better. Crystal, yeah, you were going to say something. I think for one, um, something very different. Um, that's why we also, you know, couldn't pattern it even from an honest view. Was, um, how honest we operated specifically was it, it's still like different sort of app. So if you remember honestly, you had to go into grocery and then check out and then separately go into the food app um inside so it's it been one honestly app but you still had to go inside different apps inside it plus the the verticals were very limited so like me especially because i uh, i remember i was i'm the only mom and plus i'm the only girl in the whole honesty management that time all the gyms mm-hmm. were women and i'm a mom i needed so many things that i wanted delivered that we weren't allowed to put inside an honesty because it was limited to restaurants which is food or grocery um, so that's one. So that already in itself um, wouldn't have worked with the plan that we wanted. And there were other apps like, um, I think before Honest we came in, there was this, this app called, let's say, Happy Fresh, which is just grocery. I think right now they're just operational in, in, in a couple of other countries in Asia. That team also talked to me um, a while back, you know, to see if they can work here and all that. But it was never part of like what I even envisioned, even on a personal level. Like I always knew after Honestly, I wanted an app where even people like me and moms like me could buy conveniently everything they needed from grocery to food if you felt like not cooking to their baby stuff beyond diapers because i think people think like when you have a baby it's uh, formula and diapers it's not especially if you're a mom it ranges from toys to other gadgets and especially now that everybody's home holding, they homeschooling, they they need ten million other added things. So the concept was really like that, and literally there was really no app similar to that. Not even in the current landscape. So like the likes of uh, Lazada is also not on demand, and you know as much as you can find some stuff there, that's also not what we wanted to do. We wanted just you know uh, brands that you already recognize, legitimate brands that people already check, and you know vouch for registered brands. Um, so again, it's not similar to that. Same with um, the other ones, right? Um, so it's very different um, in terms of what we wanted to provide as convenient. So like even the curation of the brand, yeah. the fact that you can cross order and not have to go to a different app. Yes, um, yes. Especially now, I think all of That's us... That's the key, like, yeah. You know, like I personally had to go to Facebook, Instagram, and two. I had two food apps, and I had maybe two um, grocery providers as well. Two to three, right? So you had to go to the website, to the app. Like you probably talked to six different platforms or social media sellers in like a day or something. Lalo in the beginning when we were all not used to this way of living yet, right? You had just so many suppliers to talk to, so. That's what we wanted to to solve. 
um, which, yeah, literally we couldn't find um, a platform that did the same that, you know, you could you could order from any vertical or, or any industry from baby stuff to to hardware to grocery to food in one go. So sort of like a plat a curated platform which you're giving and you got the demographic in mind for it to be like somebody somebody like you, Crystal, a mom who needs who needs different things and you wish that the pain point was that um it's so exactly. difficult to put all all of these together. Don't you wish that there was a platform that put exactly. all this together so you only have to go to one place and I'm actually paying the sort of like the premium because everything is it's it's convenient now for me to actually go here. A- am I yeah. correct to understand that one? Yes, it's more convenient. Plus, what I what I noticed, especially during COVID, when everybody started exploring online, it was very trial and error testing apps, other apps, testing new, you know, providers, plus testing various sellers. So it's a hit or miss. Sometimes you'll find good ones, right? on Instagram or Facebook, but a lot of times also, you know, um, the whole experience is just not. Great, like there, you'd have a problem with delivery, and you couldn't do anything about it. Or yeah. the item, you couldn't really return because that seller's not even registered. So there's not even a point to complain to DTI because that's not even registered. So all these hassle of even looking, doing the trial and error, coordinating the delivery. Which if you go to a seller, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, like just any app that's not like tried and tested, there's still all those like uncertainties that you have to deal with. Like so the, delivery, the delivery is courtesy of you guys, Kevin, Crystal, deliver, you have an in-house delivery team for this one. Yes, we have our own delivery and we have our own shoppers as well that we train for the groceries. Ah, I see. So yeah. the feeling is like when I buy from you, I don't have to worry because it's technically it's tech, it's technically like saying Kevin already vetted the, vetted the products that are here. Yeah, yeah. It's like not just us, but like we have a whole team. So even before we, well, first of all, we did the the market research, which I said, plus our website. Mm-hmm. Our um, even before the launch, like we we profiled people, like at least I think we got over five hundred profiles of the profile of customers we wanted. We gave them a chance to request the brands that they need during this. Ah, time. Okay, okay. That's also how we evolved a lot of the added um, products and brands um, that we chose. So. We, the brands that we chose were either heavily requested, like literally in the top 100. Those are the brands that we have now. A lot of those were heavily requested. Um, and if ever it's a not so popular brand, um, you know, they had to have, we, we had to check everything from their social media comments to profiles, like to make sure they had like good products and service in itself. Oh, uh, Kevin, I, I'm just curious now. I mean, you said that you did the research. I, I'm sure you have a better grasp of the numbers. But then just how big is the business opportunity for this app? Because people often ask, about what, what's the business model? But aside from looking at the business model of the app, I mean, what's the size of this industry that where, the, where, where Picaroo can actually grow in? You know, that's, uh, it's, that's a yeah, complicated question in the sense that because when you look at the when you look at a startup like this, you know, of course, you you we have we have big aspirations. Now, obviously, we want to, you know, first and foremost, we want to at least expand all over the country, mm-hmm. so, and that allows us to to expand our footprint. So that's that's quite a big multiple already. You know, if you look at that, if we can do well in Metro Manila, we can kind of multiply that, and then later on, who knows, maybe even take this uh, regionally. You know, um, in around Asia, obviously, this is this this. We're fulfilling a service that that I think is needed not just here but in other countries as well. 
Um, so there's always that, you know, we have that long-term vision for that, no? But, you know, first things first, we're going we're gonna to focus on Ready Metro Manila and we're really focused on scaling it up here. Um, and of course, first, first order of days, all of, at least all of them are mall, lifestyle mall retail partners. We want to make them part of this experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then more. And then we also want to enable as well some of their other branches as well and, and see, you know, because we're very much a location-based um, uh, app, no? Um, and and we, we thrive on creating multiple hubs, no? Or multiple places of origin. Um, but yeah, the, the business, of course, you know, business, uh, right now our focus is really just to scale it up, no? Uh, we're not really thinking about that those those big numbers yet no uh, but of course we have the big we have big plans no we have big plans to expand uh, both in Philippines and even outside so just to clarify just in my head lang no so sort of like the mall the your mall tenants be, sort of like become your your hub your warehouse hub and then the delivery is also based in, outside of the lifestyle malls and they they deliver from there to the different uh, to the different clients is that right so and you've got a lot of hubs wherever a mega world mall is is that is that Correct. Like, uh, yeah. well, like, that's the concept or a township or a location. It's, uh, we usually have a 10 kilometer, uh, radius, uh, uh, sort of, usually we can deliver within a 10 kilometer radius, uh, of a particular location. Uh, I'm, cu- I'm curious. I hope you don't mind me asking Kevin, will this only be limited to mega world tenants or can people from the other, from other developers or from other commercial establishments also take part in the Picaroo app? We have a lot of other clients. You know, we're 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 actually opening it up to a lot, everyone, no? Um, especially those that have uh, that have very good products. We have, as I mentioned, the curation the curation project uh, process is, is quite stringent. So we choose the the brands that we put in there. But definitely, even if we have a branch elsewhere, we 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 service that too. Again, as I mentioned, the mission is to really help retailers, especially now at the time of COVID when they badly need. A partner, a reliable partner who can really help them not only handhold them, but be a reliable partner and bring their products to people's homes. So remember, it's not just about, you know, it's not just about delivering products. You know, you got to do it properly. Mm-hmm, you got to mm-hmm. do it safely as well. No, we have a very strict safety protocol. I think Crystal's been very stringent with regards to our, how we manage our riders. You know, we do testing periodically and we 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 fit them with all this the different PPEs and we have different safety protocols as well. Um, and as and also, you know the 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 level of service that we put in there. You know when you buy your grocery, for example, or, or what you're you're you know as a customer, you also feel quite um, secured because you're 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 regularly updated. You know where your 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 product is or your your order is uh, up until it gets to your doorstep. You know? So, you know, that's, these are all the dynamics that, that we put in together to really help make the experience, to really elevate the experience rather for these delivery, for our delivery platform. And I think this yeah. is what makes us somewhat unique uh, in that sense. I, I have a good comment coming in here, coming in from one of our listeners, Eric D of the Foodie Global Concepts Group. Sabi niya, more, more players in this space hopefully means better rates for the restaurant. We hope that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so. I, I think it will result in better rates for the restaurants. I'm, I'm guessing as, as you're able to scale this up. 
Yes, Eric can attest to that as well. So we um that's one of the things um that we also um I think it's it's part of our advantage because as you know we're 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 both Filipinos for one. So the whole Mega World group, the conglomerate is Filipino in itself. So even our team, we're all also Filipinos, which makes us already quite unique compared to the others. But being I think a full Filipino, a proud Filipino startup. Yes. We're very considerate of that on, on making sure that we talk and work with the merchants and the partners. Um, we really had meetings with them. Actually, we had meetings with these, these restaurateurs, these top, um, uh, very popular restaurants that, that control a lot of the, the popular brands as well in the country. And we, we heard them that, you know, they, they really, um, wanted more friendly rates. Um, for especially during this time, and mm-hmm. that's something we worked out with them um, to be sure that you know it's a win-win situation. Fantastic, uh, Crystal and Kevin. I'm sure there are many people out here who are now very intrigued because I'm realizing now the, the real potential that when you enter, it's sort of like kung tanggap ka dito sa sa Picaru. That means that you are a trusted brand. You've been vetted, whether you are food or grocery or whatever else. If there are people watching us right now who would want to join or be part of, of Picaru, how can they join? How can they bring their brand or, or food product into Picaru? Right. Um, so they can get in touch with us um, with their social media channels. That's one. But they can also visit our website where they can directly register um, and sign up. Um, and then our our business development team will be able to get in touch with them directly. Um, but yeah, um, as long as they have very good quality products, they're a legitimate registered business, um, we're definitely happy to to put them on, on paper. Thanks so much, uh, Crystal. As we start wrapping up our, our podcast here tonight, I want to just go back to Kevin again. And you know, Kevin, the nice thing about talking about you is that talking with you is that you know you, you can wear also your, your Alliance Global hat. And you sort of seeing things in, from a larger ecosystem, right? Um, uh, many big businesses uh, or people from big businesses, sometimes you don't see the connections as to why they, they are putting, why, why they are buying or investing in specific businesses. But in their heads, there's sort of like a thematic link across all the businesses which they put up and, and they make sense. So for you, how, how, does, how does this business, how does Picaru fit into that larger ecosystem uh, that is Alliance Global, if it does belong to I- Alliance Global as well? Well, you know, Alliance Global is, uh, if you look at Alliance Global as a company, what are we? We are really a consumer-centric company. No? We're a consumer-based company. Um, we're, if you look at all our businesses, whether it's Mega World, Emperador, um, Resorts World, McDonald's, um, these are all consumer-centric, uh, consumer business. Now, we're really not, you know, we're not into... You know, banking, we're not into utilities. If you look at it, all our businesses are defined as that, being consumer businesses. Uh, and we have, um, we've done well doing, being, being that. So we, we basically like to, we, we, we look at the Filipino consumer as, as really something with high potential. No? So, and number two is we are, you know, we are a, again, a promoter of Filipino talent. No? And whether it be bringing Filipino products abroad, or promoting Filipino talents here in the Philippines to people from abroad. That's why we're so big in tourism uh, industry. You know, we're like, I, mean, I don't know if you know, but we're, we are actually the largest uh, operator of hotels now in the country by number of rooms. We have about 6,500 rooms um, in our resort and here in Manila and as well mm-hmm. as all over uh, 
Um, and we we were still we were still trying to grow that by twelve thousand. We were supposed to do that by twenty twenty two, but I guess that will be a little bit more delayed. Of course, the tourism industry has been severely disrupted now because of COVID. But you know, we hope that ultimately it will it will recover. Uh, we just don't know when, no. Uh, but as I said, this is a very, we're a consumer-centric company and we are really big on promoting Filipinos and Filipino talent. We're a big believer in Philippines as well. And that's why when we go abroad, you know, we're very proud. We put our flag up in the UK, in our distillery there. We put our flag up in Spain, uh, in our distillery there. And we're very proud. We keep it there. And we, 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 we're, and we're, 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 it's, it's, it's a big deal for the Philippines uh, to have companies like us investing abroad. So obviously, Picaru falls into this, you know, this 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 web that we've created of consumer businesses and, of course, Filipino-run consumer businesses. Um, obviously, Picaru uh, can touch on many things. You no, know, it can. The obvious is it can be the very big advantage for our mall business, for our township business, mm-hmm. our food business, even our liquor and everything. Everything actually that we're selling, all our businesses actually are are have. Have a tie up with Picaru. You know, even during COVID, because our hotels have been shut down, we had to reformat our our, our thinking. You know, we, we started out as wanting to be a grocery, food, and retail app. All of a sudden, because of COVID, our hotels were shut. We said, you know, why don't we fire up our kitchens? And so we all our almost all our hotels oh, okay. are on on Picaru. Uh, our liquor products and everybody else's liquor products are also in Picaru. Uh, of course. Um, Pretty soon, we'll also have a, uh, you know, McDonald's will probably will also be in Picaru very soon. Um, and of course, you know, all our mega world clients are in Picaru as well. So you can see Picaru cannot, you know, touches on all of our different uh, verticals, no? Um, and all our different businesses. Um, and of course, you know, this is our way of getting into the digital space and, you know, getting into it in a big way. And hopefully it's a springboard to more digital uh, initiatives and more digital projects and more investments um, in this space. Um, And obviously we want to learn from what, from this experience and we want to uh, continue to improve. So that's, 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 that's how the strategy works for us. And talking about strategy, there's one thing that I noticed when I look at the Picaroo logo. And your logo is actually a unicorn. And in, in startup terminology, that, that's, you know, that is the golden grail that you all want to get. You want to be a unicorn in, in the startup industry. Uh, maybe, Crystal, you can share with, share with us a bit more. Why do you think? It, it seems to me that this is a message that you, you, you guys are giving up, even at this earlier stage, that you do think that, that, that this Picaroo will be a unicorn. Why, why do you think that? Well, well, first, that's a quite a coincidence. So we decided the name first, and then the color. Um, those are the first things we we crack, and then we also created like a brand bible and the 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 personality of the brand. And then eventually, when our um, creative director created the character, she really made it into a unicorn, which. Of, um, without knowing, you know, this whole startup terminology and terms. So we thought that was like a, you know, a positive omen or like a great coincidence. And yeah. we decided to stick with it and say, you know, um, at the end of the day, as a all as an all Filipino, a proud Filipino startup, if we make it into the unicorns level um, or standard in the startup, we would be, I think, the most proud, especially you know, if we're able to really take it um, regionally as well and make it like, 
you know, like a real app that Filipinos can be proud of. Because that's something I think Kevin and I always notice. Like we go to different countries, they're they're popular with they they always have an app that they made popular, right? Like um in Indonesia they have that Gojek. Gojek, yeah. Uh, Grab, the the owner is Malaysian, so Malaysia's proud of that. Um so Singapore have all these little apps as well. But in the Philippines we really want, I think we like what Kevin mentioned with being able to be proud of being able to put the flag of the Philippines through Emperor as well. That's something I think it like, you know, as a dream, it would be really, really something fulfilling for us and the team if we're able to make that happen. And with that, I'm looking forward to seeing Picaru take its unicorn status amongst the other apps all over the world. Thanks so much, Kevin Tan, for joining us here on the show. Yeah. Uh, you've been carrying the banner of the Philippines, the flag of the Philippines for liquor for real estate. The next one is going to be for the tech startup industry. Thanks so much for joining us, Kevin Tan, uh, CEO of Alliance Global, Chief Strategy Officer, of course, of uh, Mega World and the founder of Picaroo. Pick up Picaroo right now. And of course, Crystal, our, C- our COO and co-founder of Picaroo, thanks so much for joining us here on the RJ Ledesma podcast. If there is a business personality or entrepreneur that you'd like us to interview here on the podcast, please let me know. Drop me a message. Again, Thank you so much for your time, Kevin and Crystal. I can't wait to download the Pickaroo app and for my wife uh, to take all my savings from this pandemic and invest it into Pickaroo. Again, guys, thanks so much. Thank you.